0: Gonna bring it up and and to put salt on the wound? Will you stop yelling at me? No. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. No, no, you're making me nervous. But seriously, it's the TC Martin show. No, listen, uh, you're making me nervous. Diagnosis. Uh-oh,
1: and a foul. Prognosis. Well, that's good. Osmosis. And they'll reset.
0: Nowitzki again for the lead. Bang! It's the doctor, TC Martin. <laughs> to you, T.C. Martin Ballpark. Frank with you on the Wednesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. We've got NBA playoffs, the finals to talk about. Last night, Phoenix Suns picked up right where they left off, got the victory. Big 7-footer, Big Bill Cartwright will join us. We talk to him. Major League Baseball, the grievances, the sticky substances, the strikeouts, the rules, the shenanigans... You know what that means. Steve Sachs is going to join us.
2: In a pitcher competing in the home
0: run derby. Yes, but is he really a pitcher? Or is he a hitter? Or is he that rare breed that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth? He's the Bambino of 2020s. Otani. Yes. All-star rosters announced a few days ago. Major League Baseball All-Star Game. It's kind of weird. It kind of crept up on us a little bit as well, too. And I don't know. It's just weird. I know the voting was going on, and they've they've changed that again. And this is this is part of things we got to talk about. Saxy with too, because these are the irritating things about Major League Baseball. You're used to doing things one way, and then things get changed around again. So it's not just the fan voting. Now the players get a chance to vote, and
2: all this other nonsense will a sports book in town put up a prop will a pitcher get checked during the all-star game
0: i had lunch today with our good friends over at william hill i wish i would have talked to you before i went into that meeting today it just popped in my head right now
2: because we were talking about well we still have time it's not till this weekend right that's true yeah will a pitcher get checked during the all-star game
0: well, the All-Star game doesn't mean anything anymore, right, as far as home field advantage for the World Series, right?
2: I, I Did they do that again? I don't. I yeah. can't even keep up with it That's all. what I'm saying. I'm trying right. to figure out who's running in track because, and trying field these yeah, days and who's not.
0: If it doesn't come into play, then we're back to the old exhibition game where they probably don't care again. Where
2: Randy Johnson can throw behind John Kruk's head and they all just have a good laugh about it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Or see John Kruk try to... You know, hit uh, a fastball from Jenny P- Jenny Finch, the uh, softball ace back in the day.
2: Well, he wasn't used to the distance, and um, you know, and she was pretty good. Was well, a bigger ball? You she know. was good. Yeah, I, 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 I'm aware of that. Yes. <laughs> wonder how? I wonder if they could throw a baseball even harder than they do a softball, because the softballs are so used to their whole. Life. I mean, yep. I'm sure they wouldn't have the same control.
0: You would, you would think so. Yeah. You would think so yeah.
2: because it, it's a little bit harder, and it's you know, but. But again, because they've never done it, would they have mm-hmm. the right, you know, right. grip and everything else? And and would you want to get in that box if they were throwing that? Like, because they throw the softballs around seventy.
0: Correct. Yeah, that you, well, know, 70's you know, pretty high. Yeah, seventy's yeah. pretty a- high. Average is yeah. about 62, yeah. 65, depending yeah. on what. And, level, yeah, you have. but
2: but all the really good teams, kind of yeah. like Major League Baseball, right. everybody has that throws a hundred nowadays. Seems like every team has somebody around sixty-seven, sixty-eight. The elite teams in the College World Series. Correct. You know, so you know, if if they brought a baseball at, like. Say seventy-five or seventy-six mm. from that distance, yeah. that'd be the equivalent of around a hundred or something, maybe.
0: Right, that is correct, and you're forty-six feet away, as well, too. So
2: yeah, so be interesting.
0: You know, I've never understood, even though you know, coached both baseball and softball, why you know that the pitchers in softball can go and they can throw you know two hundred straight innings. And because they say you know with those mechanics that it, it doesn't uh, cause the arm soreness. Well, yeah, it muscles. doesn't.
2: It doesn't give the soreness, and it doesn't give the yeah. elbow. It doesn't have yeah. the rotator cuff on the shoulder but, and everything like that. So it's a. They, it, they say it's more of a natural motion.
0: Yeah, that's what they say. It's a natural motion, but there are still, you know, people that get overworked. My daughter suffered from a rotator cuff injury from pitching too much in softball. So when when I hear that those arguments. And see, you know what happens. I go, well, that's you know, in, unless my daughter's situation was just, yeah. you know, I, I not think the it's norm. Ra- I think you know it's I mean? rarer, yeah. but it,
2: but it's not completely out yeah. of the, you yeah. know, like like the people. I'll, I'll use a Dr. Christina reference. Mm. It, it's like just because you get the vaccine doesn't mean that you one hundred percent can't get COVID, but it's going to be less, and it's mm. a lot more mm. unlikely. So it can happen, but it's rare. Mm. In baseball, obviously. And again, I mean, the pitchers in baseball, they're throwing from a farther distance. They're pitching more innings. But
0: they're but, doing more twerk and stuff yeah, with their yeah, hands. And yeah. again, with the elbow and the forearm, yeah. that sort of thing. But of the
2: softball and that with the, with the, the rise balls and the curves and I mean, they, they do a lot of different things. I mean, it's not, not just a straight little, exactly. here you go. It's, no. it's not lobbing it up. Like it's not one step beyond yeah. T-ball.
0: And it's not just <laughs> fastballs. And that's no. the thing. So oh, you no, have no, the no, drop no, no. balls, you have the curve balls, no, the drop balls which are you're, the, yeah. which you are. I mean, you're uh, adjusting your wrist in a different motion as you would, you know, overhand, you know, with the. With the curveballs and the change-ups and, and that sort of thing with baseball. So, yeah. Maybe her pitching in 32-degree weather had something to do with it, too. That
2: could have something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, you so. know? The frozen tundra wasn't necessarily made for softball. Yeah,
0: no, it's like
2: okay, uh, snow
0: off the ground. Uh, okay, get the snow plow out. Uh, hey, we're, we're we're playing. You know, it, it's April. It's thirty-two degrees. You know. We're playing no matter yeah. what. Get yeah, out like,
2: there. What, when you're doing the foul lines, instead of putting down the white lines, you're just taking the snow blower and making a there you go <laughs> something there. down the field to show yeah. it. Yeah. you know, a little bit different. Hey, should uh should we line the field? Why there's snow all over yeah. it? Who's gonna see it? Don't miss those days. But but I I I do miss
0: the the June and July which really was the only season that you had back in the Midwest for softball. It was like June 1st, uh, you know, for your summer league play and all that sort of stuff, June, you know, all the tournaments and stuff. But your high school seasons, you know, that those are supposed to start in March. And they never start in March.
2: Oh, I, <laughs> I remember being in Illinois, in the suburbs of Illinois, and practi- we used to have to practice ground balls and sliding and yep. that in the gym on the gym yep. floor. Yep. I mean, there was times when you'd be out there and we would be, hey, go up there and break a bat so we can throw it in yep. the garbage can to yep. start a little fire or yep. something here. You know, and the, the one thing that you see a lot of in June or July back in there, and I know it's big in Wisconsin, I know it's huge in Illinois that's when the motorcyclists are all over the place. And Harley's a lot back in that area because Harley's a well, big name back there. Well.
0: All right, uh, a lot to hit on today. So we'll touch ab- about uh, the basketball, baseball as well, too. Uh, I see what sta- you did there. Stanley hit,
2: Cup Finals. Hit on. We were just talking hit. baseball there and softball. Go. So, got, yeah, so. got
0: me going there. There it is. All right, let's hit on this. Uh, we've got another outstanding game in Euro 2020, and I think we're destined for ball-in-the-spot slash penalty kicks. And... Uh, yeah, I think we've all resigned ourselves to calling it penalty kicks, even though, you know, the soccer world wants us to say ball on the spot. But we're well, the we're, soccer we're world also way.
2: doesn't want us to say soccer.
0: We played a hundred minutes <laughs> thus far and we're one one with England and Denmark. Denmark scored the first goal, it was nil nil at halftime, I believe. Or, no, we're both goal scoring in the first half. I've checked that out. But anyway.
2: How nervous one-one. is our friend across the pond? Oh, he's very nervous. When he he's guaranteed us that yes. there was... I mean, this is just a formality. England's going through the final. They were minus like 450, you know, England,
0: to, de- to defeat Denmark.
2: And, and see, it's funny because I heard a line before the game today that said they were minus 133.
0: In the regulation time. See, that's the thing. Now, we are talking about to advance... You know, it's it's like it's that big around. of a
2: difference, though.
0: Yeah, because okay, so the favorite is usually the draw because you have a three-way line. So, for example, no, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. So, but but that's why. So you really don't have these varying. Uh lines then you could i don't know what denmark i 'm guessing because it 's not like a ten cent line twenty cent line like we 're used to with baseball or right. basketball or you know football it's really weird, so i don't know I could look it up but if you 're saying that England was minus one thirty three for the ninety minutes, that means they have to be ahead or win they have to win in ninety minutes, right.
2: so what about extra time and is extra time its own separate thing too before it goes to penalties so it goes ninety minutes plus the injury time.
0: And right now, I know that, that that's the game. Yeah. So now, once you get into extra time, this, two
2: fifteen-minute halves. Yeah, of two fifteen-minute halves. So
0: there's really no betting on that, unless you're doing in-game. So wagering. winning in
2: regulation, extra time is the same as winning in the penalty kicks or ball on spot.
0: Yeah. If, if you win, correct, correct. Yeah. So at that at that point in time, you're there's there's two ways to bet soccer in these elimination rounds and just regular season and that sort of thing. It's just that three-way goofy line. But when you get to these eliminations, it's too advanced.
2: Because technically, if you're going to penalty kicks, it would be back-to-back draws in the game.
0: Correct. Correct. But that's not a a betting option.
2: Well, they need to fix that. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going for the double draw.
0: (laughs) Yeah, both goals (laughs) were scored in the first half. England scored uh, and and Denmark scored both around the – the 30, 38-minute mark, and there it was. Because I remember, yeah, I was, I was watching this from a distance, and halftime was 1-1. They haven't scored since. So I think, yeah, we're destined to go back to balls in the spot, which is very entertaining. But if you're a soccer purist, you get very upset with that because you're saying you shouldn't have to decide, uh, you know, who's going to advance in a in a world competition. You Glad you're just stomach when
2: you're the winning team, though.
0: Absolutely, like Italy did yesterday. So we'll see what happens here. But, yeah, very nerve-wracking. And, again, <laughs> You would think over time that they would have changed some of these rules, and they've tried to give more substitutions. You know it used to be you have two substitutions on each soccer team, and then they upped it to three, then it went to four, and now it's up to five. and the reason they're doing that is to try to keep players fresh, but they hold on to these substitutions, so the only time they really substitute unless there's a legitimate injury or you fall behind and you take off a sweep or bring in a defensive guy if you're you're holding the lead and that sort of thing. But you start seeing him inserting him like, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to go to ball in the spot or penalty kicks. This guy is better at that, so let's make these substitutions like in the 120th minute or something like that. Yeah,
2: or if you fall behind and then you need to go and then all of a sudden you put in a striker there that you know who doesn't do anything defensively but maybe can make something happen for you offensively.
0: And the match is now over. So it was a... A free kick within the box. England shot it, went off the keeper's hands for Denmark, ricocheted back to the English player, booted it in the back of the net over England that, 2, Denmark 1. That was an extra time. That was in the 105th minute.
2: But don't they still finish the extra time? Uh, you're right. It's not over. Yeah, you're right. I was right. going to say, it's yeah. not over. You're right. They finished the extra you're, time. you're right. So Denmark can still tie it up yeah, again you're right. and, and make it's, it the
0: penalty So see where my mind, mindset is? I'm back to American again. It's like sudden death. Oh, we're into overtime, which, yeah. by the way, it's not called overtime. And you're right. It's no, not it's over. It's extra time. Yeah, it's
2: extra time. Because um, I was like, wait, so he scored it right at the at the yeah. buzzer at the 120th minute? No.
0: Yeah, 105th minute. Yeah. Yeah. So that is hilarious. So there you go. Yeah, we still got. So So you would think. So Convention was a very
2: confusing yeah.
0: UEFA update. Confuse a cat. <laughs> <laughs> the Euro 2020 in 2021. It's over. It's not over. Yeah. Yeah. It's not over. So I say it's over. So, so my <laughs> mindset was going sudden death. It was. I went back to NHL. Yeah. Because I was starting to talk about See, NBA playoffs and You setting, went NHL, NHL, but you should have done NBA. Oh, so your buddy,
2: Paul Stewart, now. In now, he's old, in now he's smiling. Now he's happy. Yeah, he's happy. Now he's wondering if they hold on to this, which they should, but if they hold on to this, then how many beverages do I have between now and the Tampa Bay game tonight? Yeah, because you still have another 15 minutes. Yes, exactly. They've That's gotta gotta what sweat I'm saying. Out. And you're
0: going to get a little break now because they take a break after 15 minutes. Yeah. And it,
2: it's like in hockey in the overtime when they change the goals at the... Ends of things. And, yeah, so you get, yeah.
0: you get your little you know brief intermission. Get about basically like a three, four-minute intermission.
2: That's the other thing that I think is funny water, about soccer, yeah. too. When they say, well, yeah, no, extra time. So you, you play another half. And it's like, no, you don't because halves are 45 minutes. Right. You play another two-thirds yeah. because yeah. you play two 15-minute things. So it's like, yeah, you're there's a lot of things that really don't
0: add up. And you wonder why Americans are not crazy about this sport. Number one, they complain about... You know, not enough goal scoring and that sort of thing. It is a beautiful game, and I love this game. I really do. But it is it is quirky. The one thing that I will always appreciate about this game, though, is when they say that a match starts at 12 noon, it starts at 12 noon. You know, because they count it down to 12 o'clock, you know, in like 11.59 and 30 seconds. They're all on their spot, and they wait, boom, and there you go. That's because there's no clock in the stadium that you know, like we have in American sports, the countdown. you're dealing by whatever your watch says, and then the irritating part is, well, okay, let's see now, how much extra time do we add? Injury time, even though it was an injury, and they ballpark it. It's like, okay, it's about two minutes. Eh, maybe it's four. Uh, the guy's going to argue with the referee. Well, maybe I'll we'll add on another minute, and so you, you never know. And then when it gets to like that five minute mark, say it's five minutes of injury time, and of course everything's so archaic where they, you know, they hold up the little sign there. Yep. It was not on a big scoreboard at all. And then here comes the 5 minute mark and referee's checking his watch. He's checking his watch. Well, it's like 5:30 now. Not and you know what they do is if a team has the ball in possession near the goal, they usually let them finish out that right. possession. Yeah. You will never see like there'll be a 2 on 1 or something and boom, no, it's over. No, they'll let him finish out that possession. And it's usually not even after that shot. So say the guy misses a shot. And, and then, then they the,
2: get a corner or something. Even.
0: Yeah, corner corner. They'll let it play out down at that end. So then if it goes out of bounds and it's a goal kick, and, of course, the goalkeeper will now drop to all fours. So it oh, drives yeah. me nuts, too. He's mm-hmm. like, he's stalling. He's Spin stalling. the ball a couple times right, around.
2: Right, right. Kind of look over there. Yeah, wink yeah. at the
0: blind. Right.
2: Smile at the redhead. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he'll do a goal kick. And it'll be in mid-flight, and he'll come down. Then the referee will blow yeah. his whistle. It's like clockwork that
2: you see that. It, back it back does happen. It does. It, it really does happen frequently. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's it's not insane. like the, it's not like the NBA or the NHL where they're looking at that last clock to see, all right, was it out of the hand oh, or did it cross the goal it. line or something like that. No, in soccer, it's yeah. like, well, we say five, but it, yeah, it could be five thirty, could be five old, could be seven. You know, could <laughs> you know, it's approximately five yeah, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like you said, that game is starting right on time. Remember when a lot of teams in Major League Baseball for a while. When uh, I believe they were trying to get a big sponsorship across the league with Seven Eleven, and they wanted every first pitch to be at Seven Eleven. That was Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. They well, w- it also in- happened out here with the Las Vegas Fifty One. Oh, they did too. They had a sponsorship. Okay. Yeah. And when they would say the first pitch of the game tonight was seven ten or seven yeah. twelve, they would get some backlash because it's like, hey, it's got to be. It's like, well, no, the guy warming up and that kind of. They don't adhere to that, right? I mean, we see now how much they're complaining that they're trying to speed up the game. By the way, it's like let's speed up the game and then let's slow down the game by going and checking pitchers all over the place and doing other crazy stuff. But, but yeah, I remember when they tried that for a little while, and I think it just didn't work out because it's like, look, the first pitch is sponsored by Seven Eleven, and it's rarely at Seven <laughs> Eleven.
0: They try their best to, to kind of time that out. But, no, again, you have a national anthem that goes a little bit longer or the ceremonial first pitch or, you know, or remember the delay of game that we had with the stare-down a few weeks ago as part uh-huh. of a terrible Tuesday. And the umpire's said, like, get this thing going. We're not going to wait. You guys are having the stare down. Who could stand uh, with a- at attention after the national anthem? And then, you know, and the one guy from the Pirates finally broke. Ah! And umpire got
2: irate. With, with all the corruption in the world – is fudging the time of the first pitch by a minute if it's not exactly 7-Eleven the worst thing in the world?
0: No. But, but soccer, football, call it whatever you want, is the most subjective sport in the world. Subjective as far as when a match ends. And the only thing that's consistent is the time of the match, when it starts, and how long halftime is. And then that is is spot on. But everything else, from the penalties to what's really a penalty and what's not a penalty, so subjective... You know all that stuff.
2: More flopping than on a sandy beach. Yeah, and you have
0: one referee that is going to encompass what whatever it is. You know, what uh, twenty two people? Yeah, twenty two people, hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, you know, all gonna, spread yeah, apart in yeah, fifty five yards across. I mean, it's just yeah, and I you know, got one guy who's supposed to keep up with all that.
2: Yeah, I, I know. Sure, I've you got
0: side them. judges. A li- lot. You got linesmen to hold their flags, but they're just there to tell you ball out of bounds. Point the flag this way or that way. And there's another archaic thing: guy with a flag. Guys on the flag of the side and just pointing. There's so, so much archaic stuff in, in in soccer.
2: Yeah, there is some stuff that it seems like they could streamline and make a little bit better or whatever. The other thing, too, that I always find amazing is when a guy flops or something like that trying to buy the call, and then the ref doesn't buy it, and he just like jumps right back up like, oh, man. Is there an embellishment penalty in soccer? Because there ought to be. A yellow card. You know, if if you do take a flop, yeah. but you rarely see it, right? Rarely, yeah. but it, it's B- because there. they're so used to it that it's just like right. you know. Yeah. I was watching one of the games the other day, and some guy flopped near the box or whatever, mm-hmm. and they kicked it down the field. And the ref just kind of looked, and he, that guy just got up like, oh well, I didn't get away with that one, but right. Or when you yeah. do see the guy get the call or whatever, and then you see him getting up, and all of a sudden his hammy feels better, and he's like, yeah, yeah, got away with it, right? Yeah, and,
0: and helping the team out. And next time, go check out what I was talking about with these goalkeepers, and we'll see it. Oh, no, game. I've seen it. I've seen it. You'll see it with England right here. So when their keeper you know, gets a stop, he'll, he'll stop it. Oh, they it. milk it. They he'll, milk it. Well, he'll stop it in mid He'll catch it while he's on his feet, and then he drops to the ground like all fours. It's like, what are you doing? Well, you understand what you're trying to do. You want to milk the clock, but do you need to go to that you know, that much embellishment. I think it's just a force of habit that they've
2: grown oh, up kind of no. doing it. Because then, like it's you say, stupid. then they get up. Then they got to kind of brush themselves off. <laughs> yeah. Then they bounce the ball once or twice. Then they point over over the like they're going to throw it. Then they don't throw it. Mm-hmm. Then they finally kick the damn yeah. thing. And that's why I'd rather
0: see, give the guy a yellow card for that. So the flop you, you've instituted, giving the guy a yellow card for yeah. flopping. It's kind of like a delay a game. It's, it would be in, penalty, in, it, in hockey. Exactly. You're going to shoot it up into the stands, delay a game. Okay, penalize him. If this keeper is going to take literally one minute by the time he makes a stop to put the ball back
2: in play, yellow card. Yeah, there's, they, they should put something up that would be like it would be the equivalent of basically instead of a shot clock in basketball or a pitch clock in baseball, a kick the ball clock. You know, if the goalie has it, he has X amount of seconds to get it out of there. You know, I –
0: Nunchucks over here, flashing me you know ye- yellow and red cards, which reminds me, I usually don't do this anymore. I'm going to go back to it, but there was a, a good period in my life where I would go ahead and do that when someone would irritate me, like when I would be like in a grocery store or something like that. I would, you know, I would go up into attention, you know how a referee does, and I would I take out like a, a credit card or something that was yellow or something, and I would flash it in their face like that, <laughs> and they'd like really go. What are you doing? Or I have like a, a red card. You know, like a you ever a, a, visa. a whistle? Did you you <laughs> carry a whistle around in your pocket? I, I never carried a whistle. But I would do that. I would take like a business card or something and and, and flash a red card in their face. They go, "What are you doing? Stop! Shut up! You're rejected. You're out of the, you're out of the store." Yeah. Like I'm looking at your Coca-Cola right now. I'm about ready. I'd like to grab that because it's predominantly red there and just shove it at somebody. When I get irritated like that. Yeah, yellow cards, red card. So I'm going to get back to that.
2: <laughs> but you need an actual yellow and red card. Yeah. yeah. You just have them in your pocket. Just have them handy all the yeah.
0: time. Yeah. Okay. Where can I get one of those? There is. I'm not using the sticky notepad or whatever. The post-its? The post-its. not uh, using the post-its. Yeah, because that doesn't have the same effect. That's like a, a faint yellow, you know. There you go. All right. Uh, I don't know wasn't planning on talking about any of that today but there there you go we have it there. I'll tell you what I do want to talk about by the though. way the
2: game still is not yet over however time is winding <laughs> down as they say yeah and that's another thing too
0: so on the clock says 10737 all right so if someone scores a goal right now do you know how they'd categorize that when he scored the goal what minute
2: the 108th minute 108th minute yeah, yeah.
0: cuz we're into the 108th minute yes. yeah so if it's 107 1 or 2 like that so even though people are looking it says 107 on my and the clock never stops, and the beat goes on.
2: Yeah, well, y- you have a problem with the way some other sports do their timekeeping or whatever. These you, four you, sports, you don't, I you don't do. like yes.
0: hockey. Huh? You don't like hockey? Not at all. Not at all because they got it wrong. It, it's, it goes. Against everything
2: that we are used to. Heaven forbid they make Americans think and use their brain a oh, little it's, bit. But it's stupid. I used to hear people tell me I don't okay. play tennis because I don't okay. even know how to keep score. Okay. It's one, two, three, four, 15, 30, 40 no, left. Okay. Not that hard. We're not talking about that. And I'm with you on that. But
0: this, if we are going to go with that system by reporting a goal in hockey at you know the 1132 mark or whatever, 1132 has expired or whatever. Or that's into
2: 1132 mark into the
0: period. Okay, right, exactly. Then, but it's not. Let's do the math. That'd be the nine, what, it'd be the eight minute and 40, what, uh, 28. Okay, that's what it'd be. So if you're going to do that, then do what soccer does and start the clock at zero and count up. Then it coincides with everything the scoreboard, the fans, everybody knows what it is. But if you're going to run the clock backwards, but you're going to say the goal score is the reverse of that, you know what I'm saying? It, it makes no sense. So just keep it that way. If, you, if you're married to this, we're going to report the score, the goal at this, then do what soccer does and start at zero. And that's what soccer does. There's no confusion. You're watching the game. You don't have to be a mathematician this you, way.
2: You know what? Yeah. To hockey fans out there, yeah. there's no confusion. We've watched it this way our whole life. You know what's funny? Because you're always telling me how negative I am and how I how, can't you be more positive and this and that. And you're just letting the little stuff bother the hell out of you today. I like you. And I'm finding it yeah. semi-amusing okay, because now I'm in the other seat. And, yeah, it's kind of funny. Well, that's why I invented Terrible Tuesday, for, for that.
0: But I, I, don't, I want you to feel my pain a little bit. You don't have to agree with me, but yeah, I'm what I'm saying, it doesn't I'm, it make I, sense what I'm saying? Again, it's ridiculous that you're counting backwards, but you disregard that whole process to say the goal was scored by having to do math. If you score a goal at 11:32, the clock stops, 11:32, the goal scored by McNabb at 11:32. Not whatever it is, 8:28. Be consistent.
2: Can't you go with me with that? Do they, you understand they are that? They That's how they've always done it. It doesn't bother me at then all. Then why run the clock the way they do? Explain that to me. It's just how they do it. Uh, I, I don't know the answers. <laughs> I wasn't in those board meetings. We know the NHL does a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. But they're not going to change the rules to adhere to be like everybody else. They want to stand out. They want to think they're special. Hmm. Okay, so whatever. I'm, I'm used to it. it. doesn't bother me at all. So unfortunately for Batman you, I go. can't feel your pain.
0: You can't feel it pain.
2: Because I just don't. It, it doesn't. And it, he, he he might be a little busy down in Tampa right now. So here's the deal.
0: You think? Okay. <laughs> polishing up a cup. Is that what he's doing?
2: Well, he doesn't do that. The keepers of the cup do. And the two gentlemen that are the keepers of the cup. And here's probably why
0: it doesn't bother the mass public like it bothers me. And probably not because of you. Because for some oddball reason, you know, when I get a credential and I go to a game, a Golden Knights game, and I'm reporting, basically, going social media, Golden Knights score a goal, and so and so McNabb scored at the 11:32 mark. I'm reporting that, but I can't say 11:32 because there's going to be some hockey purists that probably says it wasn't 11:32; it was you know 8:28 or whatever it is. You know, what I'm saying? so I have to do that math every time there's a goal. And I'm reporting it. So for me, maybe that's why I get amped up about it because I'm trying to be precise because I don't want people to ridicule me because, oh, you're saying it wrong or something. Like like in basketball, when I hear announcers say, oh, the play clock expired. It wasn't a play clock. It was a shot clock. You know what I mean? So it's those things that bother me. Right. So little nuances that are really getting on yes. your skin today. Yes. But that, I think that's why. Does that make sense? Because I, it, it I, have, does. To, I have to but, figure but out again, the math all the time. But, 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 you I don't what, want to figure out the math. It,
2: it sounds to me like you're worried too much about what a handful of people are going to think. People that are just looking for something to take a jibe at you anyhow and rip you over <laughs> something. Instead of saying the 11:32 mark, just say McNabb scored the first goal of the game, giving the Golden Knights a lead, one nothing in the first period. So just refresh. You don't the have box. to say yeah. the time. I know, but I'm sure. You know me. I'm a kind of a perfectionist. I, li- I like to. No, I understand be that. <laughs> but you're a perfectionist, <laughs> and it's actually making you angry and irritating you doing it. You Trust crazy? me. I, uh, most things in the world irritate me. I don't need to go out and look for new material. <laughs> This is a guy that took part of the Terrible Tuesday
0: segment talking about traffic and talking about morons that can't drive. Yeah, I, I just saw a understand. guy in the way driving
2: down here today from the left-hand lane, went all the way over and made a right turn, crossed three lanes of traffic. I literally took the cap from my bottle, tried to throw it at him in the in the driving making his turn, and said some very unpleasant things to him. See how the decibel level just rose up you know,
0: right there? There it is. See? So we, we both... We both get irritated over things that bother us, no
2: matter what it is. It's 100-and-whatever degrees outside. Of course our blood is boiling. <laughs> Mine just does it naturally, and my blood type is O-negative. The Lord made me to be this way. Who am I to argue with him? All right.
0: The big seven-footer, Big Bull Cartwright will join us we come back. We'll get his thoughts on Game 1 of the
2: NBA Finals last night. Like about... 31 30 into the uh first hour of the show that's <laughs> is that where we're at right now hold on excuse me i mean by the time he gets on I i'm know. pulling out a yellow card. i want frank <laughs> to stick around so he's not
0: getting the red but <laughs> yellow there it is <sighs> it's one of those days this is
1: bill cartwright of the university of san francisco dons you're listening to the tc martin show he does not know westerns but he does know his sports I will be there to get him right as much as possible.
0: NBA Finals! Where are we at? Middle of July? NBA Finals? We've only played one game yet? Seems a little bit strange, doesn't it?
2: Well, I mean, we, we, we still have the Stanley Cup Finals going on. I know, right? Was it was it Kucherov that became the first player in NHL history to score a goal in all 12 months of the year? Because nobody's ever played a game in July before. It's true. Yeah. All right they're
0: playing in a hot-weather place there, too, and we haven't had any ice problems you know, there in Tampa. And we thought we'd have ice problems with the Golden Knights because it was 105-plus. Well, they were pretty games. adamant
2: that the ice crew out here does a very, very good job. They said that yeah. the two best ice surfaces in the NHL are Montreal and Vegas.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, they do. Again, it goes back to what we uh, talked about before about the modern arenas with all the state-of-the-art stuff. So that makes total sense. All right, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, the five-time champ, three is a player, two is a coach. He's watching these NBA finals, but the question is, is he watching Euro 2020? Are you watching soccer, or as you like to call it, kickball right now? It's called football. That's right. Let's
1: let's get it right, football.
0: Yeah, I love it. Are you watching some football?
1: Uh, We did watch that last night, and uh, as a matter of fact, I was at a sports bar, and you know that doesn't happen very often uh, in San Francisco.
2: And we
1: had both TVs going. And interestingly enough, the soccer game was actually, or the football game, was actually louder than the basketball uh, uh, game with with the fans and everything. Those fans are
2: insane. (laughs) So so was it Euro Cup stuff or was it Copa? Must be if it's nighttime. Because if it's at nighttime, it's Copa.
0: Yeah, right. You're watching Argentina and somebody last night? Is that who you're watching? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the Copa. So you think that's wild? I mean, yeah, the 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 Euro Cup that's going on right now, you know, England, Denmark in one of the semifinals, you know, craziness. That's that's absurd. And we witnessed that firsthand in the in the sports book of the Cosmopolitan as well. Yeah, I gotta love it. I mean this this is exciting stuff. So I, I didn't know if you were much of a football fan. Well, you know, I,
1: it, it's really hard being, you know, um, a non-European or, or really anybody else but an American uh, to have that appreciation. But um, that is a really incredible, passionate sport. And I'll tell you, they were screaming every point, every shot. Uh, both sides were screaming like crazy. When they scored, it was like... Uh, uh, somebody just won, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a lotto. And then at the end of the game, uh, the, the winning team start dancing around the whole bar. So it's really remarkable uh, the enthusiasm uh, the uh, football, soccer uh, have for their sport and have for their, their country. It's really remarkable. And it's almost sad we don't have that uh, understanding. Of that, of that kind of passion for 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 football,
0: you know. Did any? Here is the question I want for you: Was anybody in that celebration? Were they taking off their shorts at all? They taking off their shirts or their shorts in the bar? Uh, no, not uh, no. You really? Okay. The reason I say this is because I know you are doing a double take because that is a thing, you know. And we did it on a terrible Tuesday yesterday. A story. When Italy won their quarterfinal match, they went into the stands. You know how they usually take off their shirts and they'll, do, you know, they'll give their shirt to the other team or they'll give it to somebody in the stands. Well, these guys, there were three guys, not only took off their shirts, but they took off their shorts. And they're running around in their underwear. And this has been a thing. And then we also did a story that it happened in a handball match where this guy got kissed by an opposing uh, a player – and he got so upset, he took off his shorts. And then he went into the stands and watched the rest of the match after he grabbed himself a couple times and, you know said, "Hey, take this to the opponent end of the crowd." And in an, an Italian soccer league match that it, is, it happened a while back, same thing. guy took off his shorts, he scored a goal, got a yellow card for it, just a warning. And then when he scored again, he took off the underwear as well. So just asking, these fans and players are a little crazy. And if you're in a bar, I can guarantee you somewhere, if Argentina won or Brazil or one of these things, ladies are taking off their tops. Guys are taking off their tops. They're probably taking off their bottoms too.
1: Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I We did not see that tonight, last night. Uh, uh, I'm not sure that's something that I, I, I want to see. Uh, At least not at a public bar. Uh, So, uh, I don't know. I will will definitely keep you updated.
2: Well, and let's be honest about it, too, with the women and that kind of stuff. Not that that kind of stuff wasn't done before, but Brandi Chastain really changed that and made it almost like a thing. I mean, she got commercials and endorsements and got paid for it when she did it for the U.S. women's soccer team with the big goal that she scored.
0: Yeah, World Cup, she uh, took off her shirt and we saw the sports bra. Yeah, had the
2: sports bra, which...
0: Yeah. Just kind of looks
2: like a halter top, really. Exactly.
0: Yeah, but this is a thing, especially in I think the European countries, and maybe in the you know South American countries as well too, because we know, those guys are nuts over there too in South America. And they well, I I think I think in those countries
1: those it, that's no big deal for them. You know, we're a little prudish over here in the states. We don't think we are. We think we're. Um, you know big time, and we think that we 're you know ahead of the curve, but uh very prudish country so i don't don 't really see that being a thing over here
2: no over here i mean it 's an elitist thought process when it comes to sports u uh, s a citizens just feel that they should win everything, and anything they don 't win, they just assume it 's because well it means more' to the other countries it 's not it 's not that important to us if we 're not dominating the world in it. <sighs>
1: Yeah, that's, that's called arrogance, and that's,
0: and that's true. Hey, let me ask you I this. Since we're talking international stuff here, and, and a story that I wanted to get to today, I'll just get your, your take here about the Olympic Games in Tokyo because you lived there, you coached there, so you know that, that country and that area pretty well. You know, surging COVID cases are rising again in Tokyo. They're now at a two-month high, and we're two weeks away from the Olympic Games, and now they're talking about declaring this a state uh, of emergency to start next week and go through the end of the Olympics through the end of uh, August the 8th when it ends. And the International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach is scheduled to arrive in Tokyo tomorrow where, uh, again, he's got to make some big-time decisions here. Now they're talking about a new state of the emergency could lead to banning uh, all local fans there and that decision on fans is is expected to come on friday on what they're going to do after the IOC meets with people there in tokyo and fans from abroad were already banned from attending the olympics um, you know a few months ago but now just you know with this thing 2 weeks away the organizers the IOC uh, they decide to allow venues to be filled up at 50% of capacity but not to exceed 10,000 people, which is kind of strange because we know that you can get close to 100,000 at the track and field venues. So
2: Yeah, the soccer games, the yeah. track and field, stuff and like that. Really yeah, it's fine for the, the indoor volleyball or the fencing or something like yeah. that, but in a 100,000-seat stadium, 10 grand is not going to look very full. Yeah. So, Bill, what's that, what's that culture like over
0: there? I know you haven't been there in a while, and you haven't been there, obviously, during the pandemic, but I don't know if you still communicate with people there, but what are your thoughts uh, about this? Uh, the Olympic Games in Tokyo under these conditions.
1: Yeah, well, you know, for one thing the uh, the people there, uh, the fans there that I you know I coached over there for a year, um, the, the the culture there, uh, everything is outstanding. I, I really loved being over there. The only thing I didn't like it was just too far. <laughs> if it wasn't, I'd still be there. But uh, I had thoroughly enjoyed my time there. And and look, to me, the big thing about the, the Olympics is that they have them. And the rest of it will work its way out because it's all about the athletes. It's all about being able to, to earn your way to represent your, your country. And just to have that opportunity. And then whether it's 10, 20, whatever percent of people that participate are fortunate enough to participate. But... Uh, you know, we saw a small version of that in the NBA finals when, you know, we didn't have any fans, but people could still see and they could still watch and people could still participate. And I think that's, that's the important thing. I think about it. These guys have spent, you know, years training, years, uh, special athletes that um, who are at the top of their game right now no matter what the sport is. So um, I'm just hopeful that they have an opportunity to perform. They have an opportunity to do what they do really well. And they've earned that right to be there. So for me, I'm thinking about the the participants. And I'm just hopeful that they're not affected by anything. Certainly they can – keep them away from one another, uh, the, the different athletes, and allow them to participate. And uh, like I said, you know, this is, this is a different time. I view it as a special time. you have got to be really creative. Nobody wants anybody to be sick. But uh, just let the games commence. And whatever happens is going to happen.
0: Yeah, and you just you, you kind of feel bad for these athletes because they're not going to have that full-blown – natural experience experience because they're going to be sequestered. They're going to be locked down, you know, and I mean, you talk about, you know, you know, we're kind of joking around here about betting and this sort of thing. You you know, you're making jokes about, you know, betting on uh, whether the the major league baseball all-star game is, you know, they're going to have a strip search, you know, with these pitchers. How many of these events are, you know, could possibly get canceled too. We're talking about the fans and everything. But, you know, if if these athletes start getting it, they're going to be very cautious about this. We could have some events that get postponed and canceled. And I'm not sure, you know, Tokyo right now, but the way it sounds to me, I'm not sure things are much better now than they
2: were a year ago. I think they're worse over there because they they didn't have the big onslaught in that. And that's why there's been polls over there that I've seen. Some say 60, but most of the polls say as much as 80% of the people over there that live there want them canceled they don't want the olympics to go on because of their fear of it and one problem that i've heard they've been having is because the olympics although they make a lot of money and they have these big venues and everything a lot of the olympics succeed because of people volunteering to work events and a lot of the volunteers apparently have backed off and said i'm not going there because of their fear of covid and what's going on in the world and the new delta strain and everything and they say they they said that they're having problems finding enough volunteers to be there for everything that they need them to be there. They don't even know that they're going to have the manpower or the person power to pull everything off unless it's at a scaled-down version.
0: And they don't want to cancel these things again like they did last year. Well, they can't now because it would be a disaster.
2: Then you're having the The, winter and the Summer Olympics in the same year again. But
0: if you are truly concerned, if the conditions are worse now than they were a year ago, and that's why those people are saying that. Wait a minute. I mean, our numbers are, are more now than they were, you know, 10, 12 months ago. So, hey, wh- why are we and going And in Europe and India
2: and other places that are coming over yeah. is one of the big fears because all the people coming over there from places that it's a hotbed.
0: Yeah. Crazy stuff. All right, my man. NBA Finals, uh, Phoenix 118, Milwaukee 105 last night. Really, Phoenix just took over this game, I would say, probably beginning of the second quarter. Coasted to victory, led by as many as 20. Give me your thoughts on what you saw last night in game one.
1: Why, why do you think we always see this from Milwaukee? Is that It seems like they need to get punched in the, in the mouth yeah. to wake up and just start playing physical. Because even the start of the game, didn't you feel like Phoenix, they were the aggressors?
2: No uh, doubt. Phoenix
1: would get, would get the ball. They, they couldn't even get a shot up. And seemingly, uh, they got killed in screen rolls. made no changes during the course of the game, no zone. They stayed for the most part. They switched it, and they just couldn't score. They, they did shoot really well from the outside that I didn't expect. Uh, but why not? They they could really do what they wanted to do, and they were not the aggressors. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting because I thought it was a – uh, that game was pretty much dominated by by Phoenix, but Milwaukee was still right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. They cut um, to the single digits so, on a couple occasions. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting.
1: It was a really interesting game. Uh, and look, let's just cut to it. I mean, um, we know the deal. We know that uh, if Milwaukee can win the next game on the road, they can come back. Uh, then they're they're they're, they're going to be fine. Um, back at home, so uh, that's what it's going to come down to. We know that the hardest game of any series is the first game for some reason. I don't know what it is. You always feel a little funky. Uh, we know that there's going to be somebody off the bench during the course of this series. is going to make a difference. Um and uh, we'll see. We'll see if these guys – hey, how about this? You, feel, you guys should take bets about this. Is everybody going to stay healthy for this series? <laughs> That's a good question.
0: And you're not you talking about COVID. You're you're just talking about, you know, just injuries because we've seen so many injuries, yeah, whether it's every, knees or feet. or series.
2: Yeah. Well, and and Giannis, a lot of people didn't think he was going to play last yeah. night. He did play. I mean, how do you think he looked? I mean, was that a game to get him back and that he's going to get better as the series goes on? Because, I mean, he looked all right, but he didn't look like the dominant Giannis that's, you know, one of the top players in the NBA. Yeah, he looked pretty good to me. And no, I mean, he looked good on certain stretches but, here and there. So, but Yeah,
0: and, and to that point, Bill, hyperextended left knee. That's what he has here. You've, I know you've went through all kinds of of knee injuries, surgeries, that sort of thing. When we hear hyperextended left knee, how devastating of injury is that, or is that something you really can play through with just a little bit of rehab? What's the deal with that?
1: I don't know. That sounds like a high knee sprain to me, a high uh, right uh, ankle, ankle sprain to me. So, look, he hurt his knee, okay, and so it's up to him to uh, to play. And look, it's. it's uh, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for your whole life. So there is no excuse. I don't care if your knee hurts. I don't care if your back hurts. Uh, you know, short of breaking something. And even that for me, strapping up and play, because these, the hardest thing, as you know, about winning a championship is getting there. So while you're here, you better do every single thing you can to win so uh, there there is no excuses I, I, I don't care what it is COVID, uh, uh, injury uh, I didn't shoot the ball well um, I, I I had a bad uh, lunch I don't care what what the excuse is uh, just just bring your best game and be the aggressors in the game and't don't you, don't you think you now you guys have watched a lot of basketball don't you think you watch the game? Without commentators, you see who the aggressors are on the floor.
0: How hard is that to figure out? <laughs> no, there's no question about it, and and we've seen this with Milwaukee in the past. I mean, Phoenix was definitely uh, the aggressors last night. They they took it to to Milwaukee in all facets of the game. They were more physical, and I, I've always said I think the Bucks are a rather soft team, and the Bucks are going to put up thirty five, forty three pointers minimum. And if they're hitting, they can blow you up by 30, but they can lose games by 10, 15, 20. And we've seen that as well, too. And we've seen so many blowouts. And we've talked about this before, just not in the early rounds, but look at in the last round, Eastern and Western Conference Finals of these series, just so many blowouts. It's craziness. And I don't know, you know, the injuries have you know a lot to do with this. I I don't know what it is. It just seems like, and again, Phoenix, you look at this roster and you think, okay, maybe the stage is a little bit too big for them, but. And they continue to win. And they've been winning all season long. And you look at the roster, they don't have many household names. And that's why I was thinking, oh, for the average casual basketball fan, ca- casual sports fan, are they going to even tune into this? And I know from a betting perspective – This series is went crazy with uh, game one last night. People are betting, but then again, you know people are going to bet just about everything. But you just don't have a whole bunch of household names, and you got two teams that you know um, haven't won a a title in decades upon decades upon decades. So I'm with you, though. I think you know Milwaukee game three. I can hardly wait for them to get back. I don't know what's going to happen in game two, but if Milwaukee does even it up. I think it's one of those series where, hey, look out! You know the the Bucks could turn around and, and end up being the favorite uh, to win this thing, but uh, we'll we'll have to find out tomorrow what Game Two is all about here and see if the Bucks can uh, square it up.
1: Yeah, and and, and let me ask you: Is not this what we talked about for years? We've been talking about having these two type of teams playing with the Phoenix with Milwaukee, and it's not. It's not LeBron, it's not Curry, it's not this buildup that's been the buildup for the year because we really didn't know these two teams were going to be in the NBA Finals. So now we've got, we we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe for the first time in years, we we didn't know these teams were going to get there and we don't know what's going to happen. And is this, is this better than what we've had in, in the past?
0: You know, I think I like it because, again, I can't even call these games. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if either team wins in in five, six, seven games. And I agree. You're missing the star power. You know, again, the LeBron James, the Steph Curry's, the Draymond Greens, Kevin Durant. You're, you're missing that. And I think people... Miss that to a certain degree, whether you love him or hate him. You want to root for those guys or your favorite player, or you like rooting against them. Like, you know, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, people like to root against him if you don't like yeah. him. So I, I think, you know, but this is cool for either basketball purists or guys that really love the sport in general because you're getting two teams that play really good team basketball. They share the basketball. And, you know, you can have a different score just about every night. So, yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to it. Well,
2: and one of the things that I think in this series, what I see when I'm out there, yeah, you might not have the household names that are on every TV and billboard and, you know, every commercial that you see, but you are hearing people talk about the teams more. Yeah, they're talking about CP3 and Booker, and they're talking about Giannis and, you know, maybe Middleton or something, but, but for the most part, they are talking about, the teams, instead of making it sound like, so, sometimes it almost seems like, well, LeBron James and the whoever he's with in that sure. particular. And that's year, the way they promote it yeah, too. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Networks the, the it that The media way. and the networks do a lot of this stuff, and it doesn't seem that maybe by not having the household names, others guys are getting a little bit more prop and credit. And you're looking at the entire aspect of it instead of just like it's a one-on-one matchup because basketball is not a one-on-one game. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I I agree a thousand percent, and you know I'm I'm not sure if that'll ever be where I know we know it's not going to be represented that way on ESPN, but certainly the guys who are calling the game, I think it, it does give those other guys an opportunity, uh, who aren't as well known, an opportunity for people to see them, uh, that they can play that basketball is a team sport. Uh, they got fourteen guys over there. And coaches, so so you see all aspects of the game, which which to me is kind of fun. And I think the the biggest thing in this next series is what adjustments they're going to make. Uh, they, you know, Milwaukee cannot continue to switch. There's just no way. And it, to me, it would be nice if they cheese up their defense a little bit, throw a zone out there, do anything different, trap trap uh, Chris Paul in the backcourt. Yeah, but do something different that's going to throw them off and uh you know you know milwaukee needs to uh, get up to down the floor because they are a, a wave coming at you in transition you know they if they can get into that kind of basketball game uh they'll have a real great opportunity to win
0: all right uh, final thing here for you bill uh, this phoenix team two years ago they were 1963 they've had a remarkable turnaround and they were a doormat for many, many years, as you well know. Why can't teams like the Kings and the Knicks turn this thing around? Because those guys have had you know, droughts almost just as long, if not longer, than the Suns. But they're no, these two, those two teams aren't even close to, to, to getting in, in the playoff picture or deep in the playoff picture. But you know, a team like the Suns, they're getting it done. Well, how come these other teams can't?
1: I just think it's really difficult to do it if you continue with this path of not understanding that a team exists on – if if you go to a basketball team, for example, if you're the old uh, Bulls, um, uh, Detroit, Knicks, uh, um, Miami – we know who they are. That's a defensive team. If you're playing Gold State, you're playing the Lakers, you're playing the Clippers, you're playing Denver, uh, you know who that team are. And Phoenix, for the most part, we know who they are. And that's primarily an offensive team. That team can really score. If you don't have an identity and you don't know you're supposed to have an identity, you're going to have a, a tough, tough time winning basketball games. And unfortunately for our our hometown here, it's like okay, they have no identity. We don't know who they are. They're they're not a defensive team. They're kind of an offensive team. Um. So until they can figure that out, somebody's gonna it's gonna happen over there, and you're you're gonna say, hey, that's genius. These guys have an identity. Yeah, they, the they, so, they, haven't,
0: they haven't had an identity since the early 2000s. You're right. Yeah. No, I don't know what happened. No, yeah. you,
1: you can't tell them what, what kind of team that is. So um, that's that's on their uh, GM uh, and that organization to figure out who they want to be. And and hopefully that happens soon. They they figured it out in, uh, in Phoenix. And, and look, teams usually go back to traditionally who they are uh to find out you know who we are who we want to be um and just kind of play off of that so uh it, it, it could
0: happen phoenix and uh, milwaukee they know who they are and we'll look forward to game number two tomorrow okay my friend uh, great talking with you we'll be uh, talking to you throughout the t- series and enjoy game two tomorrow night all right, well, lay, lay off the hot dogs. Uh, no, no, dogs. no. We're yeah. Now we got to lay off the hot dogs. And you, you know, again, if you are going to go to those bars <laughs> in San Francisco, keep an eye, keep an eye on those people taking off their tops and shorts when they're watching football. <laughs> keep an eye on that. There you go. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll update you for sure. There you go. Take care. The big seven footer, right. Big Bill Cartwright. When we come back, Steve Sachs joins us. We talk some baseball. The irritating game of baseball sounds strange, but that's the way it is.